Let me open us up in prayer. God, thank you so much for the incredible blessing of just being able to meet in freedom. Thank you so much for the privilege that you give me to do life alongside of Ryan and these men. Pray that you'd bless Dave this morning as he speaks and that you would speak through him. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, it's very rare that you get the chance to meet somebody that has a master's degree. And it's even that much more rare when you meet somebody that has a, an actual doctorate degree. And um, I don't think I've ever met anybody that has a degree in death and dying, which is called thanatology, um, which is kind of unique. And so uh, before Dave actually come, and I'm going to give the mic to Dave to formally introduce David. So David's going to give it to David, who's going to introduce David. <laughs> Let me just ask you one question because I'm curious and I haven't asked you this before, but what led you, and if the story's really long before Dave introduces, you can tell me, just I'll introduce it as part of my introduction, but what made you want to study death and dying? It's, um, it's the great unknown to many. Um, a lot of fear. I was exposed to it very early in life and then in my military career, and it's something as a psychologist, if you go to a party and somebody says, what do you do? And you say, you're a psychologist, you usually start hearing stuff. And I say, my, de my uh, specialty's death. That ends it, I get left alone. <laughs> so, Awesome, let me let Dave introduce you formally. <laughs> I think we kind of did the intro. Uh, Dave and I actually haven't known each other very, very long, but uh, I do really do appreciate what he does for us. And again, we call him Dr. Death. Uh, number one, but one of the ways that we actually met was through the Wounded Officers Initiative, and um, I do a lot of work on that, sit on a couple different boards, but just a great organization that helps law enforcement officers, just like our, our, our military vets as well, uh, suffering from PTSD, critically uh, wounded in the line of duty, uh, and things like that, and we kind of developed a program and help officers around the country, and uh, one of the amazing things that people just don't really realize, and I know the VA isn't, doesn't always get a great rap, but we have the VA for the military, and it's a it's a singular, um, centralized area that at least they can go and get assistance and help. The difference in law enforcement: we have 800,000 law enforcement officers around the country, um, several hundred agencies, and they're all as independent as one to the other. There's no centralized assistance or help for them. Unless you're a, from a large agency, actually, um, you may get a benefit of a medical retirement or something like that. If you're from a small agency like mine, and we've tried to correct some of those things, um, if you get critically wounded in the line of duty or you suffer from PTSD, well then you're no longer a cop and you're going to have to go find another job, maybe at McDonald's or something like that. So it's a real tra uh, terrible tragedy to be honest with you and we're working to correct that uh, just through helping them and Dave actually sits on our board right now. So that's kind of how we initially met there and he has done a, a lot of great work for us uh, in the Wounded Officers Initiative and a lot of great work for law enforcement and kind of just pushing that message out there and helping and we rolled out, well, middle of rolling out the blue line support which is actually uh, just a, a, a call uh, that law enforcement officers can, can reach out to. They have a peer support program, and those peer officers actually can reach and speak to another trained law enforcement officer to kind of, let's say, talk them off the edge, so to speak, and, and to put them in the right direction and make sure that they get the help they need. So I'm really looking forward to hearing you uh, the next couple of weeks here. I think it's going to be pretty cool because we've sat down and talked before, and uh, it's, it's one of those talks that two hours later you're sitting there going, I want more, but I got a meeting I got to go to. So it's, uh, it's a real good. So uh, Dr. Dave Sanfilippo, Dr. Death. Dr. Death, yes.
Well, thank you. Um, today is talk about loyalty, and there's several, you know, as you think about it, and you think about what we do and how we interact as, as guys with each other, the loyalty. Um, I have a friend who, I used to go to Man in the Mirror in Winter Park, and my buddy John actually came all the way over there from, he lives out by the university, came over here, as, and I said, what are you doing here today? And he said, I'm loyal, bud. So that John's here. So maybe he'll come back. You know, as Dave said, we met, and the time, one of the times we met, I'd been driving. I moved to Mineola, Florida a couple years ago. And I'll, that story will come out in a bit. And I'd been driving back to Winter Park to go to the Man in the Mirror Bible study. And I kept saying, God, I, I, I really don't want to drive this early every morning, every Friday morning. You know, is there a Bible study I can find here in this area? And it's crickets. You know, sometimes when you ask God for some guidance, there's crickets. So there was total crickets. And then I started saying, well, God, please, don't be calling me to start a Bible study. <laughs> you know that one, right? And then along comes this meeting with WOI, and I met Dave, and he said, well, you ought to try this Iron Man. And I, so here I am. And I've been coming ever since. Thank you, God, because the drive is not what I was looking forward to. Um, what we're going to talk about today is God's loyalty to us, but more importantly, our loyalty to God. And then what, next week, we're going to talk about Jesus' loyalty to us and our loyalty to him. And then the third week, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit's loyalty to us and our loyalty to the Holy Spirit. Because I, as a psychologist, as someone who deals with death, I see this whole issue of spirituality and how important it is in life. Because people, you know, in, in studying, the, studying death, one of the things that, that we've come to learn is that there are really three basic fears of death that people have. First is the process of dying. Second is actually being dead and the fear of being dead. And the third is what's going to happen at the end. Our spirit, our faith helps us with what happens at the end. But I see many people who have faith who get shook up by that end process for de various different reasons. So as we explore loyalty of God through the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, my prayer is, is that it'll help you to bring peace and be able to help others who may need to find that peace because they don't understand how the trilogy of God is within us and loyal to us. Now in this room, you know, over this time that I've been coming here, I've met a lot of people. You know, we have our ex-military, we have our, our police officers, the loyalty of Iron Man of God and the whole presence of who we are is a loyalty to, to each other and to, and to our God. So we're, we're already practicing a lot of it, but it comes together. Now, as I think about the loyalty of God, Part of the way I teach is sometimes telling stories. Because I may have a doctorate, but I don't have it all together. Okay? I just read more books. I was able to write. I was able to finally get my dissertation published. You know, that's all. It, you know, it's not, it's not 
I was going to say it's not rocket scientist uh, science, but in my field, it's not. <laughs> it's all about death. But what I've found is that by telling stories that happen within my life, I can also use those stories to help others. Because often when you're in a time of need, when you're in a time that, that is critical and, and working in death, I see a lot of people who say, why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to my friend? Why? You know, the question's why. And the only answer I've been able to come forward with is that God wants us to use our life experiences, both good and bad, for the betterment of his kingdom and to bring people closer. So over the lifespan that I've had, military vet, I was a medic during Vietnam, then I went out to sea, then when they got done with me there, they sent me out to sea. I went to a war in 1973 in Lebanon. Not a lot of people know of it, but it was there. And actually today, after this, I'm leaving to the airport to go to Texas to, group, to hook up with a bunch of guys I served on the ship in the medical department. Guys I haven't seen since 40 some years ago, 45 years ago. That's loyalty, you know, that, that we still keep connected to each other and all. But in our life, one of the times that tested me the most of, my, of God's loyalty to me and my loyalty to him was five years ago, my granddaughter walked to the store. She asked permission from her mom to go to the store to buy some candy. Olivia, 19 at the time, 19 physically, 10 mentally. She, she was altered. Um, she had autism. She went to the store. She left. She had her earbuds in her ear. She had candy in her mouth. We know this. We, we've gotten reports of this. As she stopped at the street corner to, to cross the road, she waved to the people on the right, never looked to the left. And she stepped off the curb and got hit by a tow truck. And boom, dead. I don't, I'll never get over it. You know, some of the things I tell people who deal with death and dying is you're not going to get over it. You just have to move on with it. But all of, you know, my wife and I, she was in North Carolina. And my wife and I, when we heard about it, we immediately left to go to North Carolina to, to be with our daughter, who was a single mom, only child. Her only child had just been killed. And on the ride up, kept asking, you know, somewhat of, you know, not questioning, not angry with God. I know one of the things my wife and I kept saying to each other is, boy, I'm glad our parents didn't have to go through this. Because it was an amazing experience. But God was loyal to us during that time, and we remained loyal to him. One of the things that touched me and helped me through it, and my wife through it, is the fact that Olivia had been down in Florida the month before. And one day I was walking out of my bedroom and I passed her, she was sitting on the couch. I can see it as if it was just this morning. And she said, she calls me Jeepa. She said, Jeepa, I know Jesus. And I said, oh, what do you mean, oh? And she said, well, I accepted Jesus into my heart. I said, well, that's great. You know, and we talked a little bit about it. And then, you know, because her autism, she just wandered off to something else. 
but the whole ride to North Carolina and then do part of her, her um, celebration of life. We were able to share God's loyalty that he will be there when we need him. And the fact that she was able to tell me that one month before she left was proof to me beyond a shadow of a doubt God's loyalty to me and to my wife. And we've been able to tell that story on and on and on because we know that God is faithful. The words in, in, in Deuteronomy, it says, know, th know therefore that God is God. He is faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations for those who love him and keep his commandments. But I think that one of the things that really touched me is in the fact that he talks to us about being strong and courageous, no matter what. And to keep, keep on, do not be afraid. That's his loyalty to us, is to tell us to be faithful and not to be afraid. And the thing that, one of the things that always touches me is he said, you know, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And next to losing a child, a grandchild, you know, as a grandparent, that grand, losing that grandchild was just an amazing experience. In fact, as I said, I used to go to a Bible study on the east side of town. All my other grandchildren live in Claremont. So one day, my wife and I were sitting there right around Christmas time, and we said, why are we sitting here when everybody's over there? And the only thing I regret about my lifetime with Olivia and her lifetime with us is the fact that she lived in North Carolina and we didn't get to see her enough. And it was laid on my heart, what are you sitting in this house for? And my kids kept saying, well, Dad, you said you were going to be carried out of this house. So I, was going to, I kept saying, I'm going to die in this house. We've been in this house 29 years. But no. God said, you know, you wanted Olivia to be close to you. How about and I said, all right, God, if you want us to move, just help us find a way. And it all worked out. We now live in Mineola. In my opinion, that is part of God's country because of the rolling hills. And have uh, developed a whole new life where I'm blessed because I have all my grandchildren there. And as of day before yesterday, my daughter had moved. She moved from North Carolina to here last month moved into our house, my wife and I said, oh God, this is going to be fun. You know, having a 40-some-year-old daughter come back and live in her house, with her cat, by the way. That's, let me add that part. <laughs> with her cat, which I happen to be allergic to. All right? But, you know, and she had no job. And we kept telling her, you know, be faith God's faithful. God will, you, just wait. She got a job at Adventist Hospital. Surrounded, but you know, she she came home. She told us about the interview, and she said they even wanted to pray at the end of the interview. And we kept thinking, well, isn't that wonderful? She's going to be surrounded because she never gave up her faith as a result of, of Olivia. Because we talked to her about that, and and she said to us shortly after Olivia's death, "Well, I'm not giving up my faith. I haven't lost my faith, but Jesus is sleeping on the couch for a while." And I thought, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> All right? But now she's going to be surrounded by godly people. She moved out two days ago. Thank you, God. 
and has got her own apartment 30 minutes away and now is surrounded by her brothers and her sister, her other sister, who happens to be a police officer. God is ever faithful if we stay faithful to him also. You know, God's love is something that you can't explain. How could he love us? You know, I walk, I, I walk around, I talk to people, you know, I talk to, to police officers who deal with that other side of the world that most of us don't see. They're holding that blue line. And how do they do it? How do they continue to do it? You know, a lot of them do have faith. A lot of them may lose faith. That's why we started Blue Line Support, is to help people, particularly police officers, to get through what they're dealing with. But God is, God's love to us is free. All we have to do is ask for it and, and, and move with it and follow it. But what does God want from us? And what do you think God wants from us? He wants us, first and foremost, I believe, to be loyal to him. And how can we be loyal to him? Think about the ways that you can be loyal to other people. One of the ways of being loyal to, other, to God and to others is to be supportive. You know, not to buy in and not use, you know, God's, God's last name is not damn. You know, to think about, do not take the Lord's name in vain continuously. And that's a, that's a process. You know, for us who've been in the military, for those who've been in the, in, the, in the law enforcement, you know, other types of work, you hear lots of different language. What separates us? How can we demonstrate our loyalty to God? We don't have to be the holy, you know, Bible thumpers that are out there. You know, I always think about that song, you know, they will know we are Christians by our love. And I think that's one of the key ways, you know, God loves us unconditionally. Can we love others unconditionally? And that's part of what he wants us to see in our loyalty to him is how we can be loyal to others, love others, even those who are difficult to love. And I think we probably, if you think about it, we all probably have somebody in the circle of our life that it's difficult to love. Is difficult to like. You know, all of us. And probably some of us don't even have to go outside our family circle to find those people. But I always find it, you know, in dealing with death and counseling people, and, and you know, part of my part of the death work that I do is I help people who are dying to prepare to die, not only spiritually but physically, to let them, you know, help them to understand what's happening during that process but then to help the families who are left behind also. And by being able to show them and talk to them about the loyalty that God has for us and that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, allows for the hope. Our, the table, when we got here and, and, and Dave asked me to, to um, captain a table, I had to think of what the word was beyond the man in the mirror term. I think I got that right. Okay. He said, what do you want to name your, your table? First thing out of my head was hope. Because I think it's an important for us to always have hope. One of, my, one of the things that I try to do is each year I choose a word or something to focus on for the year. Last year, 
because we moved over here two, about two years ago. Last year was gratitude. This year has been hope. As I look at things, as I think about things, I look at them from the sense of hope. And how can hope and my hope move forward? And our loyalty, you know, the fact that I love God, that God is always present, and that how can I show him my loyalty? My loyalty can be that I never give up the fight. Never give up the fight. Always ready. If someone wants to hear about the love of God, I'm ready. But I don't push it. I just am. You know, we, we talked earlier about, you know, the fact that as a psychologist, death and dying. Ultimately talking to somebody and they, un and they aren't afraid to talk about it and they start talking it, because it's kind of funny. Some people really jump away like they're going to catch something I got. Or others want to know more. And I get an opportunity then to talk about the three fears that people have. And it's easy to go and talk about the first two. But then when I get to the third one, I can start talking about the faith that people have that move them forward and how God is loyal to, loyal to us through what we want. So what else, what else does he want us to do? He wants us to be faithful and to love our enemies. Now, I've shared in the small groups here some of my issues. I still have problems with Vietnamese. When I moved over here, we bought a new dining room table. As they brought it out in the box, because of course nothing comes built, you gotta build it yourself. As it came out, big as life, printed along the side, said made in Vietnam. And as I swear as I'm standing here, I almost wanted, I almost said, take it back, I'll go find something else. But instead, I took it because that's my work. I have to get beyond that. You know, not only do I have a problem with Vietnamese, I also have problems with Russians. Not as a people, but as a whole concept. And why? Because when we were in the Middle East, those little suckers kept trying to kill us. They kept buzzing us with MiGs. Things of that nature. So I've all, and then, of course, what does God and his divine providence do? I work at a university. We, we hired a new associate dean in our, in our department. What was he? Russian. And he typified, he's no longer there, he's left. He stepped on the wrong, too many wrong toes. He left, but every time he opened his mouth, all I could think, all I could hear was the, the black boots. And that sense. So we all come into life with, with our issues, mind some of those, but God keeps telling me, be faithful. Love your enemies. Continue to love your enemies. I walked into a doctor's office for an appointment, first time I'd met the doctor. Guess what? He was Vietnamese. I kind of chuckled. <laughs> I said, all right, God. <laughs> you know? And I said to him, his name was Vu, Dr. Vu. I said, Dr. Vu, where are you from? He said, Vietnam. I said, oh. And the next thing out of my mouth was, I'm sorry for what we did to your country. And we moved on from there. You know, God puts these things in our, in our, in our lives. Some people would say to test us, I look at it as it's to grow us. And even if it is testing, we grow by being tested. And being able to, to go beyond that. 
But God is ever faithful because he says, as I said earlier, he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. He also will not test us or have us in a situation beyond what we could handle. And when O died, that certainly was beyond my capabilities. I thought getting shot at was enough. I remember when I got shot at the first time, I ducked and I said to myself, oh well. And I carried that philosophy of oh well forward all these years. Because the oh well was, all right God, I did what I was trained, it's up to you now what's gonna happen next. And whatever happens, oh well. Because I know you, I know you love me, and I know where I'm going. And through that, everything else can end. Here I am, still, little nuts, but yeah, I'm here. Oh well, exactly. Oh well. <laughs> you know? Oh well. But it is so true that God is ever faithful to us, and all He asks us to do is to be faithful to Him and to love one another. Just like He loved us enough to send his son, who we'll be talking about next year, next week. So thank you. God bless you. Amen. <laughs>